Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Fundamentalists podcast. Um, just when you think that we are your reliable, friendly neighborhood podcasters who you can always count on, um, and we're, we're knocking them out left and right, yeah. we're getting ahead of our, our schedule, uh, I go off, you go off, we come back together. And here we are. Yeah, we're and back. we're back. Did we miss how many? Two weeks? Or um, two? I want to say two. Yeah. yeah. I think so. Oh, um, I feel we've, let, we've let the masses down. I'm sorry. It's yeah. mostly me. It's 90% me. And I'm sorry. And uh, But it's not for lack of wanting to do the podcast. It's just for lack of doing it. Yes. Well, you have been away. This time it has more been you than me. But you're much more up for doing it when you're around yeah, yeah. I, if i get out of the way of it i start to kind of like feel right. a little bit kind of nervous which is good yeah, yeah. i know we're both i yeah, feel this like, is oh, dusty it i feels know dusty, dusty. yeah you yeah. were saying we've got to dust off the mics so yeah we gotta so get back in our game we gotta uh, we may not be a hundred percent uh in the you know zone. which is our which is our weekly thing um, i think we have to always say that and here's our <laughs> weekly apology yeah um, the disclaimer at the top yeah it's basically just <laughs> we inject a little self-deprecation up top yeah um we feel like I it makes the rest vision, of it go down better. i have a vision of one day us having a proper studio us meeting together at a particular time doing this like really yeah really pro you know that, that could vision. happen. That could happen. We could actually make that happen. Yeah. And we're gonna we'll talk about that at some other point. We have we have stuff we're working on, folks. Yeah. Um, to to hint very obtusely, um, and it's stuff that will uh, you know we look forward to to building and talking to you guys about. It's Christian mime. Um, Let's just tell them. Let's just mime. tell them. Yeah. It's Christian mime. <laughs> yep. The best. Who did you sound like? The drummer of Snow Patrol was oh, a yeah. Christian mime. Feel bad. He did a little bit Oops. just at one stage. But I didn't yeah. mean to out him. Yeah, yeah. What's he gonna say? I don't. Yeah. Get it? Uh, so <laughs> Very good. Thanks. Yeah. So this is a, a podcast where we mix philosophy and and. Um, oh, by the way, I, I really liked what you said to the Scientologists. Can I just say? So <laughs> we've had we've had some. Scientologists have been kind of uh, coming around to your apartment yeah, because yeah. somebody Aggressively, put our address down. But kindly. Yeah, they're very nice. They're persistently kind. Persistently kind. Yeah. Uh, one of them came around with a guy who was like dressed up like a butler. Yeah. And I was really keen to join Scientology because I was like, do I get a butler if I like join? Yeah, you know? if, you, if they'd led with that, they <laughs> that, would have that, much Yeah, better. that would be great. But so they've been, because here's the weird coincidence. Somebody with the same last name as Elliot had put down our address. I think they're a legitimate Scientologist, must have been a typo. So we get all of this stuff, but they keep thinking that we're lying to them because there's a Morgan that lives here. And so you phoned them up and you, they were saying, are you sure uh, she doesn't live here? And you were like, well, uh, she doesn't live here or she is very good at hiding. Yeah. And I yeah. thought that was a nice line. And they laughed. <laughs> and they laughed. It's, it's hard to tell any kind of friendly joke that's like mildly sarcastic over the phone. I feel like it's incredibly hard to like yeah. get her. And the person was very sweet and very kind. But you had and, it very um, clear. You have you had your hosting voice on. I probably so did. Clear, I was also yeah. kind of performing for you because we're walking back uh, from yeah. the bar. So it was, it was really very like, good. oh, yeah. Da, da, da. Um, but I mean, that will probably mean we stop getting the magazines. And I genuinely, I always read the magazines. I've read about 20 of them now. You Just know the what? bit where L. Ron Hubbard, they always have a ri- they always have a writing from L. Ron Hubbard. I always read that. Really? Yeah. Well, you're a devout. You're devout. Yes. Um, <coughs> excuse me. I um, I don't think you're going to stop getting the magazines. I think the woman's going to, uh, the nice lady, Sylvia, is going to take my name or my number yeah. off of the whatever and maybe the address off of whatever else. But I don't think we're going to get off the mailing list. Yeah. I think yeah. we're going to get off the register for that particular member. My theory is that she, I thought she lives here. I thought an, uh, the the girl. Oh, before, do you think so before we moved in? Yeah. Ah, right. I think this yeah, is, was her good. address and then they happened to be. So now when they go through the last names on the call box, they see it and maybe that's, but maybe not. Yeah. I don't know. It's a mystery. But um, anyway, this is not an episode about, oh yeah, we can, I've completely, uh, we're at air, AC running, guys, which you might not be able to hear, but. I was trying to do that subtly, and then you just. I never, I'm always like, where's it going? <laughs> yeah. I bored him. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so uh, this is not an episode about Scientology. This is an episode <laughs> about how to save the world. And mm-hmm. before we begin, you're welcome. Um, I'm Elliot Morgan. This is Peter Rollins, in case you've never heard this before. And this is one of the top philosophy podcasts on iTunes, <laughs> so. <laughs> it's probably you've probably heard of us yeah. and so um it might be clunky i know we say that every time but also we are getting our bearings again and uh what i would like to know 
Pete, how to mm-hmm. save the world. How to save the world. Yeah, so I was thinking about this, as you do, the other day, mm-hmm. um, because, why was I thinking about it? I can't even remember. But I was watching something on TV, and I was talking about how difficult it is for human life to arise in yeah. the universe. And the scientist was asking a really great interesting British question. Great British Yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I've done a lot of Great British Bake yeah. Off in my time, i got to say. Me too, yeah. Well, dude. funnily enough, Carl Sagan once said, if you want to bake a cake you have to start with the creation of the universe. Yeah, there you go. And yeah, and I think that's that's the key for what I want to talk about. Great. Is that if you want to bake a cake or do anything, you have to start with the creation of the universe and then a whole pile of other thresholds that have to happen before you be, you're able to bake a cake. Cool. And and this basically the the big dilemma for a lot of scientists is why is there not like lots of life that we're encountering in the universe like as far as we can see there's there's no nothing we're really picking up maybe there's aliens in area yeah. 51 or whatever but there's not a lot of noise out there yeah how did we get all of it yeah yeah you know it's like is, is it possible that actually in our galaxy you know we are the only intelligent life you know that's a that is a possibility and which the, is weird the phrase when it rains it pours maybe it rained and it poured on our planet and we're the only uh, we're the only people and we are yeah. actually alone well, yeah, at least in this galaxy, yeah. So, Do you believe in aliens? I mean, the size of the universe, I would say it's very unlikely, but th- but that's the issue. The issue is... Unlikely that there is other oh, life? Oh, no, unlikely that there's, there isn't okay. other life. But, 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 but that's the issue. The issue is, like, the size of our galaxy would lead us to suspect that there'd be t- lots of life. Yeah. But we haven't encountered any of it as we know. Yeah, you so would think what, we'd yeah. found something, or something would have landed. Yeah. So there's a and there's a re, there are theories for this. There's there's really and one of the theories is that there's basically like five or six really difficult thresholds to get over before you get to civilization. So the first threshold is of course the creation of the universe itself. Oh yes, yeah. yes, and then yeah. the creation of hold on, oh, consciousness, before. and then the creation. I skipped one. The creation of uh, in, uh, uh, thumbs. I don't know. I oh, lost yeah. it. <laughs> I well, no, I know where you're going, which is, yeah, something from nothing, life from something, yeah. consciousness from life. But that's not what I'm talking about no. here. Um, so bad luck, no star. Dang it. Um, what I'm kind of good at Told is, you, yeah, everybody. It, basically, in order for that to happen, you need to have things like uh, certain laws of physics. Okay. Then you also have to have a, a relatively stable planet with an atmosphere that's uh, like with a gravitational force that isn't too strong or too weak. Mm-hmm. You know the Goldilocks effect. Sure. If Goldilocks effects. Not effect. Mars, not Venus. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, a certain distance from a sun, like all of these, and then you have to have a stable environment over a huge amount of time. Yeah, right? uh, to incubate this. Yeah, to incubate the life. Mm-hmm. Then life will erupt and then die, erupt and die millions of times. So there's got to be this a point where the life kind of starts to get going. And basically at every one of these thresholds, only a very small number of planets kind of like fit the bill. So by the time you get to civilization, it's just incredibly difficult. It's just like mind-bogglingly, mind-bogglingly difficult. Yeah. To uh, to say the word mind-bogglingly. Yeah, and it is also hard to get to there. It's a good word. It's though, a good man. word. Yeah, I yeah. Love it's a that. technical word. Yeah, yeah it is. Term. Bogglingly, it's yeah. really fun. But um, okay. So what is this? How does this tie into saving the world? Because it, right. first of all, saving the world implies that the world needs to be saved. I'm drinking a beer, folks. I apologize. It's a little gross. Um, the beer is delicious. The burping is gross. But um. So, excuse me. Uh, it, it presupposes that the earth and the world need saving. Yeah. Um, which, of course, is counter to those who would say, you know, it's just sort of what is 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 what is meant to be, and all that is is meant to be, and all you know, everything is perfect and whole as it is, which is obviously, uh, you know, probably not true. And uh, and so, I guess. Okay. Yeah. So I guess. Yeah. I mean, well, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So, so basically, if how you get, how you get yeah, from that to from that, that, to that yeah. <laughs> so like basically, like there's there are a number of these thresholds, and they're massive thresholds, right? So the, just to take one, uh, you know, you have to have a world that has a stable climate uh, that is conducive to life okay. uh, for you know millions of years, right. right? That you have to have that. If you don't have that, life isn't going to kick off. That's the flesh hole threshold. That's the, what's that? The oh. flesh. <laughs> 
That's how you get life, which is the only way you can have a flesh hole, which is a butthole. Very good. You're don't, don't open with it. Yeah. Um, no, that's my new. That's my. Yeah, new. yeah, yeah. This is a philosophical comedy. You wait. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so that these are massive thresholds, and there's you know there's a half a dozen of them. I should have looked them up before I came on to I this. But who there's, cares? Yeah. Someone else can there's look them up. Tent- yes. There's uh, checkpoints. Checkpoints. That's it. Checkpoints on the way, mm-hmm. like like in those old video games. Yes. With the racers, right? Yes. You got to get through the checkpoint, or you're done. And um, and the the thing for me when I was watching the scientists talking about this and say these physicists called it thresholds. Is it going like so? What is the threshold? For, because here's the issue, right? What if there's lots of life out there, but and it got to civilization? Yeah. Why has it been such? Um, why is it possible that no life in our galaxy, at least, potentially has reached the point of interstellar travel? Um, has reached the point where maybe we have overcome biological death, where we can travel faster than light? All of these things that you would. It basically assume would happen right there easy assumptions to make civilization if it keeps going long enough we'll get to that point okay we'll overcome biological death we'll basically be able to become ma- um, energy yeah all of this kind of stuff so why why is that potentially not happening and i was thinking from a philosophical why perspective why hasn't someone else time traveled yes well we yeah if time travel is possible right yeah i don't i'm kind of less unsure about time i mean travel. or yeah. i mean biological you know being infinitely alive is yeah we don't know if that's possible well, yeah that 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 i think is more possible is to potentially overcome death at least in the kind of long term like obviously you can't escape gross. thermal death but uh, can't yeah escape what i just say gross <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah i'm already tired um yeah okay so here's right. i have a thought okay but i don't want to derail you if you i don't want any no well go for it because i can come back to the you point. have it yes okay. i have it i know where we are okay great so. i'm gonna th- i've never thought about this and it's probably not going to do anything for you to right. make you be like wow holy crap mm-hmm. but so one of the arguments for how there is probably intelligent life out there or life at least out mm-hmm. there is how big the universe is it's yeah. infinite you know what are the odds that you go you go you go you go yeah and there's not something else out there. In terms of finding it, though, there is also, correct me if I'm wrong, an infinite amount, basically, of time stretching from the beginning of the time all mm-hmm. the way to now to forever and ever and ever. Like, time itself is also pretty, like, big. big. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so maybe it's just, like, instead of thinking about the search for intelligent life or life as this like like the universe is this big sphere and if it's the sphere that just gets bigger and bigger and bigger obviously the odds of there being more than one thing inside of it are going to be bigger but if you think about time as a linear line it's like maybe we're just this little blip and the other blip happened way before us and another blip's going to happen way after us and yeah. we're just ships passing in the night as in creatures of intelligent life yeah but but that's the issue is if that's true i mean that's weird i mean it's weird that there'd be so little now the reason why i talk about galaxy and not universe Do you think it's, it's still precisely... that weird i mean it seems is it weird it's i guess it's weird it's weird because like well so i it's like just... i'm limited to galaxy because yeah universe you can't we can't talk about yeah what's so far out there is very hard but even the galaxy so huge know, it's so yeah, monumentally yeah. big that there's like as many stars as there are grains of sand on yeah, the, just in our galaxy yeah exactly it's like it's it's my it's so incredibly huge i was just in florida and i the first night i got there and i was like i always get really excited my whole fam, my whole extended family comes and stays at this timeshare and we all sh- like it's super fun there's other people there too but a lot of family and um cousins and and uncles and aunts and all this stuff and i get there and i always get really excited about walking into this room i've been staying in the same room for a while it's like a you know same week a year i always go and i always look forward to just walking into the room it's always nice and clean and there's like a familiar smell that i always, i remember from my childhood is very nostalgic and i love it very much and so but this time it just so happened that my parents like kind of they had the key they went in and then my one of my cousins um corbin who's awesome uh also like because there's family everywhere's like hey you know danny barbara you know and then, and so i go in the room it's already you know my mom and dad are there as well as corbin and so it was cool because it was like family and they were all around but i was real tired because i've been flying all day and i had just eaten and i was like i was just gonna maybe take a shower and go to sleep it's kind of <laughs> late and um 
Corbin, my cousin, was like, no, he's like, you're going to come out. He's like, you're going to, like, we're getting drinks. He's like, just come up to my room. He's like, you know, we're going to do some shots or whatever. And he's like, we got a little bit of weed if you want to do a little bit of weed. And I was like, yeah. I was like, okay, I'll do that. I was like, never turned that down before. I was like, yeah, Yeah, exactly. I was like, you know, I'm not an idiot. But um, actually, I did turn it down, though. I was actually so tired that I was like, thanks, man. I was like, I'll let you know. Um, Give me a few minutes. I'm just going to take a shower. But in my mind, I was like, I'm not going to do it. And then I started getting text messages a few minutes later and he's like come on come on come on i was like all right fine let's do it cut to you know an hour and a half later uh no weed or anything like that that was that happened you know later but we were having some beers and we went out by the beach it's in the dead of night and he's like let's just grab some chairs or whatever so grab some chairs we go out there and the stars are just beautiful there's so many stars and it was one of those very pretty moments where there's like waves crashing and it's your cousin and his buddy and then all we talked about was like man there's so many stars and if you think he's like that's how i dropped yeah. that fact that's what made me think of it, that yeah, fact yeah, like yeah. there's more stars than there are whatever and i downloaded that stargazer oh app wow okay and yeah I paid for it and i'm super stoked about it to actually try it which obviously won't happen in los angeles um have you seen this thing it's like augmented I've, reality i've stuff. heard of it i don't think i've never used super it. super cool oh, yeah. but i haven't used it either because yeah. i forgot uh, that i downloaded it that night but um anyway because you can't see any stars here just nothing there's no point i mean i could point and be like i guess there's the idea of a star up there but uh or the idea of a constellation so anyway i thought was, you were going to say you saw an alien but that's not where the story no going. but a lot of shooting stars uh, which was oh, very pretty which oh, is very cool. i think maybe it could have been an alien but anyway yeah. uh yeah the 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 that nice uh feeling of like actually taking in how massive and how many stars are out there you forget when you're in los angeles all the time and that had nothing yeah. to do with what you were talking about yeah. no that's it's good a big galaxy. that's exactly the point like we have to realize that it common sense would tell you there's life out there but so far it seems like if there is life there's very there's not much of it right? i guess you're right common sense would say that something there should be more but our lives are i mean we're so young as a as a species right yeah, I mean, we're but like, there are other planets that are millions of years older than us that's the point the point is in a sense why have other civilizations not got to the point of kind of like overcoming kind of the biological civilization basically <laughs> yeah yeah well overcoming the, the, this kind of like very what would crude civilization that we have into some sort of technological advancement maybe life itself just doesn't like being around other life maybe maybe introversion is the is the universal, universal thing. yeah yeah that's <laughs> that right actually it's like they just don't want to go to the party they don't yeah. need well it. yeah some people do kind of go maybe we maybe we were on like a, a kind of a range like a you know and they're they're keeping quite far I away i love from this planet, that yeah. i love that. or um i've heard that we're a prison planet that we're like where the <laughs> shit people went or the shit right. uh, organisms that they knew were, weren't going to turn out well very good um, yeah. anyway yeah. but but we would say so that that's kind of the thing is right okay there might be a bit of life here and there but you would might you'd imagine that other planets would have got to civilization w- millions of years before we were even around like star wars you know long yeah long long ago long, in a galaxy far yeah. far away and we would have got space travel the, the the galaxy would be full of noise we would hear some sort of static some sort of noise um and that you would expect that there would be beings that had advanced to higher and higher states that we are only imagining at the moment but there's not a lot of it. If it's out there, it's not a lot of it. And the it, part of it, the science, some scientists talk about how these thresholds are so difficult that of course, you know, maybe billions of life forms got to the first threshold and then were wiped out. The second threshold, wiped, like, and it got smaller and smaller. But from a philosophical perspective, what is the next threshold? That's what I want to talk about. Man, I'm so happy to be doing this podcast again. Thanks, Pete. Oh. <laughs> I'm glad you decided. I'm glad. I'm glad you. Fi- I finally got you to do an episode. This oh, yeah. is nice. This feels nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're getting back into it. Yeah, That's yeah, good. yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm back. Right. I'm back, baby. Yeah. Here we go. Here we go. Because here's the threshold. I think it is. Okay. Right? I think. Uh, I think. Um, kind of. Uh, there's certain philosophers like Hegel who who saw this. Is that that there's something about when life becomes conscious, uh, we become potentially self-destructive. So the next threshold is that civilization might destroy itself before it gets to a technologically more advanced mm-hmm. stage. And actually, I, I am kind of like just hypothetically postulating that this, the few civilizations that get to this level that we are at, potentially loads of them end up blowing themselves yeah, apart absolutely. or destroying their environment yeah. or like destroying themselves in terms of factions and war and reversing their civilization. What do you mean destroying their environment? 
like just that like uh three resource depletion and like littering and stuff yeah and using oil and i don't get why anybody would do that yeah um and that's on them Uh, (laughs) like littering and stuff that's good you should you should that should be your political platform we shouldn't litter and I don't stuff. I think we should litter. Yeah, d- don't don't litter. That'll do it. God, start with this apartment. Start <laughs> with this, not the apartment. This apartment <laughs> block. They might have littering. Oh, out I thought there. you were talking about my room. No, yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> yeah, look, man, it's it, it, I have a lot of literal trash. In there. <laughs> um, yeah, that's uh, that's 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 yeah. The mm-hmm. I, the the uh, environmentalist thing is very like fun because on one hand it's like everyone needs to like take this more seriously like people aren't taking it seriously we are actively destroying the planet yeah. and then all the stories now are just like it's hopeless it's coming oh, yeah, it's coming yeah. anyway it's like we had our chance to to remedy it and then other yeah. people are like no it's not hopeless and yada yada yeah I, for some reason i always just feel like we're going to self correct and i wonder if that's part of it too like if you're part of a i can would consider myself a fairly intelligent person so and even I am like have a naivete about my own ability to self-correct as well as a naivete about the society as a whole being able to self-correct. And I wonder if there's also a little bit of blissful ignorance that just happens as a result of like being, you know, yeah. like even as a person who's not like, I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm, I, I littering is disgusting. I, I don't litter and stuff, but like, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. It's a, it's no, a, I, I think both like there's two very dominant positions. One is more, you know, you kind of ignore it. The other is you get so paranoid and frantic about it. And I think both of them more reflect the person yeah. than the, than the, the facts. I, and I'm very skeptical of a lot of what's, well, you know, I'm a skeptical person in general. You are so very I'm skeptical. skeptical of a lot of the progressive and liberal Positions yeah, you didn't even think well. mushrooms were going to help you meet God. Yeah, there's no way. I, I can't convince you of anything. <laughs> yeah. uh, what, what were you saying? You were suggesting that I do a thing where if I get enough patrons, I do mushrooms, but which I quite like the idea I of. said, <laughs> no, 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 no. That's not, I, I said, if you get up to 1,500 patrons, uh-huh. you will not record it or not whatever, but you will agree to do some unnamed um, psychedelic uh, thing, not by, of course, choice, because that would be breaking the law, but yeah. you might eat some ball of peanut butter or something that looks odd. Yes. Um, maybe, yeah, so if you got that number, but that was me, because I'm doing the hair dye thing. And yeah, it, and yeah. people are like, I didn't want to do it. Which is slightly more legal. It was like, it's kind of slightly more legal, but shouldn't be. It should <laughs> <Yeah>. be more <laughs> illegal. And uh, I, I, we, for Valley Folk, it was like, something I thought of real fast, but it's something that's a weird mix of like, I'm scared of it, but also kind of want to do it. Same with you. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah. And then you would get to, to share your experiences solely with your, your community and which would also keep you from kind of being like, you know, t- tanking your brand and turning yourself into some, you know, um, psychedelic using whatever. Not that yeah. I have any, <laughs> not that I have literally any problem with any of that, but yeah. So, yeah. um, that was my idea. And, uh, I'm sure now after saying this, you can look forward to my patrons, just the, the numbers oh, going through the roof. Yeah. Imagine yeah. someone being like, yeah, I'm going to sign up to Patreon to give you <laughs> money every month so that you can do drugs. <laughs> yeah. What a world <laughs> we live in. That's it's like, like that's... that's like skipping all the rock star <laughs> things that it takes to be a rock star. You're not learning guitar. You're not becoming famous. You're just going, no, just give me money for drugs. Yes. <laughs> Give me money so that, uh, and I'll do drugs for you. I guess. Well, I, I met this really cool guy who um, he makes Thanks, money, uh, yeah, um, from playing slot machines, and he makes so much money from people who just pay him to play slot machines. It's, slot I mean, machines. Slot machines. Yeah. In Vegas, he goes and plays the slot machines, on in Vegas. I would watch that guy. It is quite addictive because I did watch a couple of his things mm-hmm. after I'd met him and I was like, oh, this is actually weirdly well, quite addictive. How, how can you be good at a slot machine? Well, that's the thing. There's no, there's nothing, there's no talent to it. It's just a, it's a, it's a weird thing, but people pay for it. And, but it's like, I suppose it's like playing a tune blast or something. It's like just mesmerizing and. I sent you hypnotic. a little bit of money when you were in Vegas. You did? Yes. And I lost Yet to it see all. a dollar back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I lost yours and mine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> At one point, I sent you uh, $50, which was uh, too much. And then you came back and you're like, 
I lost it. And you're like, good news is I'm only down $14. I was like, wow, I'm doing worse in Vegas and I'm not even in Vegas. Yeah. Than you're doing. <laughs> uh, anyway, so back yeah. to what we were, what we were talking about. Oh yeah. So this notion is that, um, and we've talked about it before in the fundamentalist, but that there, that when animals get to a point where they are self-conscious, where they're creatures of language, we enter into, uh, what's called death drive a deadlock there is something that that uh, we have to wrestle with that's potentially destructive and if we do not overcome this death drive and overcomes the wrong word if we do not come to terms with this death drive we will not get to the next level and the next level for us is probably in the next 500 years you know getting rid of biological death potentially being able to um, travel between planets, colonize other other dead planets, etc. So th- these are all potential possibilities, but we'll never get there if we're not able to find a way of working with this deadlock, this death drive that 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 is potentially the next threshold, the next serious threshold. So you think mm-hmm. that there is a reason that we have not seen intelligent life because common sense based on the size of the universe would dictate that someone would have popped up that would be successful so the theory based on hegel well no i'm just using it no not not i'm just using a bit of hegel because hegel's the one who says that that there is a self-conscious yeah in in animal reality and Okay. Yeah. So, but but it just be some physicists will talk about the uh, these oh, thresholds. The, yes, if you're the talking about yeah, that, yeah. but go okay. ahead. So and so, what you're saying is the answer to how to save the world would be on a community or society level to become to come to terms with the death drive, and accept and manage the fact that there is something in us as a result of our own biology basically uh that we can't escape that wants to destroy us like we want to destroy ourselves on a level that is kind of hidden from us um so that we can actually exist in society because if you didn't we like right like if we didn't if your unconscious desire to destroy yourself or to die or to whatever the death drive wasn't hidden you wouldn't really be able to function in society anyway right if it wasn't hidden if it was, yeah, if the unconscious death drive, the, that classic Freudian, like, like it's in there, it's unconscious, we all have it, with, you know, everyone has it regardless. You're, if you're a human being, if you're a self-aware yeah. creature, you have a desire to destroy yourself in some way, right? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, we could, I would, we could, do you want to, will we jump into with the, that a little bit? Or do you want to finish what you finish your thought? And now, cause, cause I would want to change it slightly what you're saying. Okay. I'm, but, yeah. Cause I'm, yeah. Ju- I'm trying to summarize yeah. more than have any kind oh, of yeah, or, yeah. original thought or just work it through my own, yeah. uh, uh, death driven brain. But so basically w- when we as a society, we wake up tomorrow and everyone goes, I think I, something in me wants to just wants to destroy my own life. Like ah, something yes, in me will. is causing the friction I'm having with my family, the friction I'm having with my partner. And there is something in me that wants to return to a state of nothing of oneness, going back into the abyss, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. Um, that that would actually help us not destroy ourselves. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, yeah. I'll jump on that now and then maybe say something about the other bit but yet absolutely this is hegel calls this the end of history the end nice of, yeah it's a good term it's a brilliant term end of that's history sexy yeah yeah, yeah. that's so, a good one good and for basically him. we've got the end of history or the end of the world and the end of history um the, i think there's a various ways to interpret it a guy fukuyama interpreted it differently but i think that the true way of interpreting hegel in this is he's saying the end of history is when we as a species reconcile ourselves to the deadlock not reconcile the deadlock which is what some philosophers that's how they read hegel so as in not get rid of it but reconcile ourselves to it what do you mean deadlock what do you mean by that? and so deadlock is another word for the unconscious and that's why the the reason why i was hesitating with what you said is because weirdly in 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 psychoanalysis 
the, the death drive isn't biological. It's not a thing. It's, it's more in logic. It's in language itself. But, um, okay. Mm, I can give you an example. I mean, I guess, yeah, like no. someone, for example, who is not a human being is biological. But yeah, a, so animals like dogs and cats don't have this in the same way that we see creatures of, you know. Or a human who's like mentally incapacitated in some way would not have, a, necessarily have like a. I guess so. If there's no, if 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 there if the language isn't there, yes, it'll be set working differently. That's it. It's about it's in language. My understanding is that language, because there is inherently a, and this is what I I like about psychoanalysis that you're probably gonna throw up in your mouth a little bit, but yeah. the there is that thing in. Um, meditation and like a lot of the new age stuff where it's like, this is not a tree. This is not a tree. This is not a tree. You know, this is not, what's that piece of art. That's like, this is not a pipe oh, or something. Yeah, this is not an apple. Uh, I don't know. Uh, Duchamp. Is uh, it great. Yeah. yeah. Uh, good to know. Uh, but yeah, so there's that thing where there's a gap between the thing you're looking at and the thing you're, you've named it. Yes. And so because of that distance, that is an ear, that is a, a bridge that can't be crossed. And I think that that's relatable on, on every level of human existence. If you're talking to someone and you're getting into an argument, it's probably because you feel like they're not hearing you, you're unable to communicate your feelings and you're, what actually is going on, just as it's the same as like we're pretending that these things are called these things and we're all agreeing that this means this and that means that, but it's just so we can move forward with life. But the whole time we're all kind of like not addressing the fact that we're just making it up, we're, which yeah. is kind of what we talked about last night a little bit, but anyway, that's true. Well, so there's, and this, this might, yeah, and I think this will be fun. Let's do I'm it. not are even you, high. You're, you're good. Oh, good. Cause basically here's I don't the mean thing. to say that like I'm high all the time, but I would expect to be a little bit high for this <laughs> conference. The way yeah. what's coming out of my mouth, I would, yeah. yeah. Well, the, what you're talking about, like there's two, and this is where it gets really interesting and a little bit difficult, is I would argue there's two ways in which there is a death in language. So you're talking about death in language. If I name a tree, there's a ter certain death. As soon as I name it and put it into language, I'm not naming the tree, I'm naming a concept. So that's the kind of the stereotypical, and the, the first step is to go, okay, when I name a tree, I'm using a, 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 a signifier, a word, and I'm uh, bringing to mind a signified, a concept. But there's this other thing that's going on, and this is where the unconscious is, and it's not at that level, right? That's okay. the kind of more new age kind of level, which is fine, it's also true. It's just interesting and, that it mirrors it so much. It mirrors yeah. it. It's the same idea, but I'm not saying it's the same thing, yeah. It is, and it's the same idea, and he, but here's the, here's the interesting next dimension. So that's the first one, you go like, when I name something, there's a certain death, there's a certain lack in the name. The second level... I don't want to be boyfriend and girlfriend. Like, why do we have to do that? Why do we have to have that? <laughs> like, what we have is fine. Like, do you not like this? Like, why do we put it in a box? Yeah, naming it's a type of death. Yeah. I want to be your girlfriend. Yeah. yeah. Um, the second level is... The best way to approach it, I think, is... And Shizek uses this example, is with an analytic philosopher called Kripke. And Kripke developed a theory called anti-descriptivism. Kripke sounds like something you invest in that you're not going to get your money back on. on That's the right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got a lot of Kripke. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's not working. Um, Kripke was like this brilliant philosopher. I, I know someone who studied under him, totally insane, totally brilliant analytic guy. And he oh, was... God help him. Yeah, I know. But he, he was trying to work out how words fit with things. Whenever we say tree, what's happening? What yeah. are we naming? So he was, that's what he was talking about. And the, the common sense notion is this, is that if I, I walk around with an idea of a tree in my head, yes, and then I look at the world and I look at certain things and if things don't fit with the description, it's not a tree, right? So I look around, there's a chair, that's not a tree. There's a computer, that's not a tree. And then I see something which is, you know, you know, it's, I don't know what the definition of a tree would be. Say a table, I'm looking mm -hmm. at the table, it's like an elevated flat platform, mm -hmm. like, that's a table. And, um, and so that's called a descriptivist notion of language. It's the, it's the game that you play when you're like a two-year-old where you take the little circle and you're like, this is the circle and you find the hole and you're like, there's a oh, circle yeah. and the square, there's a square. That's it. And if it doesn't fit in, it doesn't fit and in. And that's what we built all of civilization our civilization on. On. Yeah, 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 probably, yeah. So you've got that view 
simple view, right? Good view, seems to make sense of the world. I like it, don't mind it. But Kripke comes in and he says, no, 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 no. Language functions in a different way. And he says it's more like a baptism. That what happens is when you're baptized and you're given the name Elliot, there's no features that the word Elliot refers to. The word Elliot is bestowed on this infant. Mm -hmm. And then as you grow and you change, the name remains the same. So you can change within the name, but the name remains the same. And he says that actually this is how language functions. So even something like a religion, Christianity, for example, it's a word, but it's changed so many times that actually the content is, is always is different over, yeah. over time. Or the word Adam, when, it, when we first used that word, it was about an indivisible piece of matter. Now we know we can split the atom, but we still use the same word, Adam. And basically Kripke, in a very clever way, shows that language functions at its basic level like this. It's that it doesn't define something. It covers it. It covers it. it yeah, yeah, exactly. It's, yeah. it's like, and this is really interesting because in what Shizek does with this is he says, what's interesting is we don't see this. We are structurally blind to it. So when we name something like Christianity, for example, we think we're naming something that's unchanging and eternal. Yeah. So when you name something a religion or gold or Adam or any of these words, we think that we're naming something that is definable and doesn't this change. This is that. And if it doesn't look like that, then it's the different then it's thing. Not. It's a different thing. But exactly. actually it's like, this is that. And it's like putting a big traffic cone over it. And then it's just gonna, it's just going to float around and exist in that thing. And it's going to morph and change and decay and grow and die and yeah. explode out of it and all that stuff. Cool. And things can change. And it, like you th take liberalism as a good example. I mean, you go back 10 years and liberals were pro-Russia, anti-CIA, anti-military, anti-FBI. Today, you see with an American progressivism, like there, you know, this kind of dislike of Russia, this kind of, you know, embrace of the CIA, you know, against Trump and all. So these are changes, but, the, FBI but the names and the FBI's, yeah. Mm -hmm. So, the, so those are massive changes, but you still use the same word or republicanism, where I think they were partly responsible for the abolition of slavery going back far enough. So, but then the, the, these parties can change, but the only thing that remains the same is the name. Yeah, but we don't see that. We structurally are blind to it. We imagine that that when you call yourself something, you're naming something unchangeable. And what Shizek says is this, which is very clever. He goes, "This is how to understand, in a way, what's called death death drive, is that when we name something, there is something always that escapes the definition. Something that, but it's not a, It's not. It's not that we're not." able to name the thing out there what in philosophy is called a noumenal realm which is the tree is out there in reality mm -hmm. i can't encounter it because i'm in the phenomenal world it's not that it's saying that there is another type of real another type of thing that you cannot grasp which is a product of naming itself it's a product of language as soon as you name things you so basically like in in terms of desire like, i might need you to repeat everything i might need you to repeat or everything you just said about about 30 seconds ago okay so about the time you mentioned Zizek yeah uh, mm -hmm. so I, I follow everything with the yeah. baptizing with the you know the putting it in it changes it you know and we think that it's this other thing which is the other thing um, I get all that but what was say that again what? oh yes so Shizek says that what happens here is a really subtle thing is that is that because we think we're naming something but we're not, we're actually not, we're naming um, something that's always changing. Yeah. We never feel we quite grasp it. Okay. So for example, again, with religion, it's like, you know, various Christians are, think that they have the right definition. And yet every time you try to define it, you don't, you always define someone out of it. Or somebody who's not a Christian looks more like your definition than someone he is. Totally, right? yeah. All of these problems arise. And he, and Zizek came along and said it was, that's like the death drive itself. Like the, the Freudian sort of idea is something that people think are going, oh, the death, this is not what Freud described as death drive, therefore it's not, but actually the, that itself, death drive, that the death drive itself will be something that continues to morph and change in our understanding of no, it? No, well, no, not quite. The death drive is Dang. the excremental remainder that we think we can name but can't. Oh, so interesting. That's, okay, gotcha, that's gotcha, it. Gotcha, gotcha. So if you think about it in relation to desire, it's like every time you name your desire, it's not that. As soon as you get it, it's not quite it. It's like, I guess with language, 
there's always you name something and then there's this other dimension that that seems to be impossible to name but you imagine that you can you fantasize that you can and so death drive in a sense is this desire for that thing that you cannot grasp that's only a product of language itself i think that's a very poignant um (laughs) and interesting uh statement especially for people who did grow up or have exited or currently in the um evangelical Mm. uh, community i think the i think it is a constant struggle to seek that that thing of like what's the next thing that doesn't fit that doesn't fit either it's like they're always looking for that thing yes but but i think that's universal as well like that that's a weird thing that's part of language that's why i was saying it's not so much not so much biology but it's more a product of language as soon as we start naming things there is this there's there basically as soon as you start naming things there's two types of um there's two types of things we can't name one is as you said the tree and its reality outside of our consciousness <laughs> one thing we can't name is anything yeah because uh, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> it's just not that that's not what it is yeah that's right and that's the that's what Kant said Kant said like you you experience the world but not as it is as you are uh, yeah. nice Nin actually said that beautifully nice Nin says we we see the world not as it is but as we are mm-hmm. it's a beautiful thing which is it's very not, presumptuous yeah <laughs> like we just get to decide what everything is what everything is yeah well well for Kant it's like thankfully it's less personal than that it's like all our brains are structured in pretty much the same way yeah so we things do present themselves through those structures and it's like space and time and all of these basic structures but 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 anything that doesn't go through those those filters we have no access to but in continental philosophy Mm -hmm. and and she's like but that's not what we're that's not what uh there's another type of nothingness yeah there's and that is a creation of language itself it's not and it's a difference between what's called the thing which is what's out there and what's called object a small object a which is this thing that is the creation of language yeah and you can never get it because by definition it doesn't exist it's just an itch that can't be scratched right it's exactly that that's yeah yeah yeah. thank you for saying it so succinctly that's what i'm here for this is what i do you know i uh this is what i you know i'm the uh i got i got a pretty good handle on um uh, what we're talking about <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh, and that's why that's why we fantasize because fantasy is a way of trying to cover over that gap okay right? so that's that's one way of thinking about what fantasy is it's a way of trying to cover over this this uh the the anxiety of this this nothingness that's created through yeah. through language interesting um, okay i don't quite understand that but i guess it makes sense i mean it's just sort of get trying to get we, I mean, we've definitely got into the weeds a little bit. I know that. I know I brought it into the weeds a little bit. I like um, it. I mean, it 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 is heavy, mm-hmm. uh, and it but it's and it's dense. It's dense yeah. is the right word, but it's good. Yeah. I like it. So, like an example, example that Kripke uses is gold. You know, somewhere in the past, the somebody gold called gold yeah. gold or just gold. This substance is rock gold, and but over time how we understand gold has changed but we still use the same word yeah and the that so basically there's something that's that's the same throughout all these changes but you can't actually name it and kind of what's the same is just this actually this fantasy that there is something that's the same there actually isn't right yeah you could actually you'd actually change you could you know weirdly if you find another substance that fitted the definition of gold that we were using we wouldn't call it gold. We'd say that's light gold. And if, go- if what we call gold, this rock that we call gold, if it turned out that it was different from what we thought, its chemical constitution was different, we wouldn't stop calling it gold. We'd like, gold's different gold. than we thought. Yeah, it's gold. Well, that's different. It's like the planet thing. It's Pluto, and Pluto being a planet. It's like, well, oh, Pluto's yeah. not, Pluto can't be a planet because it doesn't fit. It's, there's too many Pluto-like planets. But now... People are like, well, so it just doesn't get to be a planet anymore. It's a very strange. Yeah. And we yeah. all, that was it's such an interesting uh, moment in history, I think, when that happened, when it was like, you mean you told me for how many years that Pluto was yeah. a planet? And now you're telling me that it's just not that anymore? Yeah. Like, that's so funny. And as yeah. a whole society, we were like, uh, uh, all right, I guess Pluto's not, I guess they can, do, I guess they can do that. Like, yeah. I guess they can just decide. And when you think about it, you're like, Oh, that kind of breaks open a lot of stuff. You're like, oh, they're just, they're just, na- they're just, 
yeah. they're just flying by the seat of their pants. Yeah. They're just yeah. like, oh, this is what this is now. This is what this is now. And you're like, it's also the... Um, I mean, that's nice. a good counterfactual argument because like a descriptionist would Most use of what that. I do is counterfactual arguments. Yes. <laughs> but that, that's good. Like, like a descriptionist would use that and go, well, there's a good example of us saying that Pluto doesn't fit the description of a planet. Yeah. Therefore, it's not a planet. Um, so yeah, we'd have to delve into what that means. But that's yeah. A good, yeah, yeah, it's a little but, different than what you're talking about because well, you're talking although, about the other thing. You're talking about the, the more blanketing, the sort of like... I still think it fits, funnily enough, but then you have to kind of go, because although like on an everyday level, descriptionism works, it's what's what basically lies at the heart of language. That's yeah, the question. Yeah, so it's a little deeper. You know, little, yeah. yeah, it's also just like, it's more interesting to me how it's it seems like we're so fascinated by the cosmos and we're so you know is there life out there and why why are they all if they're not if they are why are they all destroying themselves and if they aren't how does that work because common sense would say that they are out there and then every now and then scientists are like hey this thing that you've thought the entire time about the cosmos is actually not this at all uh and we the reason for that is basically because we say so and uh and there's nothing you can do about it which i also think is it's like oh i don't get to i can decide what a plan i will tell the <laughs> scientists what i think planets are um but yeah it's a it's a fun little like like oh okay so it's different i think now. homer simpson tried that with the really Pluto, i think so i think he i don't know if he got very far oh, but that makes me feel yeah. good <laughs> like um, that a lot yeah anyway well, all right he, so how does it how do we yeah. say, how else do we save the world okay so because well, that, so that one seems hard the one yeah. about all of us awakening to the uh grid deadlock yeah and, um, and and the reason why I said all of that stuff is because that's what the deadlock is. I'm just kind of almost giving the definition is the deadlock is we think that there's something in the world that is kind of it's amazing. It's something it's it's a fantasy object that that if only we could grasp everything would be great. But we can never grasp it because every time we grasp a material thing, it's not that because it's it's we have we can't grasp that excremental remainder that is created by language mm -hmm. and that causes us to do all sorts of violence to attack other people to uh, be jealous of other people envious to to accumulate beyond reason all of these problems that we see can be seen as created by this desire to grasp the excremental remainder the the the, the yeah. shimmering thing that we cannot something's define. missing Something's missing. Something is always, always missing. missing. Yeah. Yes. And, and, and the ultimate danger of this is utopianism. And this is why I'm critical of the right, but also of kind of liberalism and progressivism. I think it's the reactionary element of liberalism, which is the desire for a utopia, which is ultimately the desire to get rid of the deadlock, that you can grasp the thing you can mm -hmm. get it. Yes. And I'm going like, no, that's the end of the world. Life would be better if there were no bad people. If we get rid of the bad people, life will be perfect. Yes. And that lacking sense of whatever will go away and life the, is perfect. Yeah, because the problem is you, re you don't realize, but you're the body. I mean, you know, Hegel once said, evil resides in the eye that sees evil everywhere. Yeah. You know, like, as soon as you Great start... Great Mitchell and Webb drop. What's, oh, yeah. Oh, and Mitchell and Webb have a brilliant one. Have you yeah. seen the Are oh, We yeah. the Bodies? Oh, yeah. 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 I mean, Are We the Bodies is so brilliant. Yeah. It's like, I've seen people dox people because they saw something on Twitter and like got so incensed because, you yeah, know, and like, yeah. you know, it's so scapegoating mechanisms. All of these problems that we see, I think, are, 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 de are problems with the inability to reconcile ourselves to the deadlock and it will be the destruction of the world unless we can reconcile the deadlock as in reconcile ourselves to it. I mean, is this what the the, the mission is then of the uh, to save the planet ultimately is to go out and preach the the word of the salvation <laughs> of there is always going to be a lack and there is always going to be a whatever. So yes. it's basically we're you're, trying to save the world. You're saying psychoanalysis is the way to save the world. Yeah. Sounds like yeah. <laughs> but for the, individuals, I think there's a political yeah, for name for it. I won't say the political name because uh, there's I think the theological oh, really? name is salvation. Oh, I, I want to know what you think the political name is now. Well, we should do. A Can whole you spell it? <laughs> it doesn't matter if it fits the definition yeah. entirely yeah well i um oh yeah i i think i yeah so i think the, the personal democracy name, is the, it democracy you know what i can take democracy i think democracy is a very good name for it actually Great. democracy is a good name for it the cure is the name for it in individual life democracy and political life and and um and the and salvation and theological life so it has different names okay um, it's it, not really democracy well you could call it radical democracy but yeah there's another there's another 
you know, basically it's difficult because I'm well, not, I'm, I'm against, um, I think there's an element of socialism that is connected to utopianism. And I think that's a real problem. Um, yeah. But I do think that there is a way of reconstituting um, what the term socialist means in a way that kind of matches what we're talking about. That's definitely a word that's so funny to me. The, yeah. the so To say you're a socialist is so... Like, uh, I mean, I feel when I say that, like I should have like a patch goatee or like, uh, I yeah. should be like, you know, I don't know. It, it just feels like such a, it doesn't feel, it doesn't, it's not good. They, no, that, they that's to, why, I, that's why I'm nervous about using it. Cause back in Europe, it's not a bad word. Even if you're not a socialist, it's not a bad word. It's like everyone studies Marx. Everyone just say, you know, it, it's it's just part of it. But I know it, it yeah, doesn't. Yeah, we're have in America. Same. I know, I know, <laughs> and so it's slightly different. And we're better, and we're right. Yeah. So, and by the way, I think the American critique of actually existing socialism is right. Like it, it was a, a disaster. Twentieth yeah, century it was, was totally a disaster. A disaster. Uh, also, uh, um, here's why America is the best. Thank you, because it's yeah. post post Fourth of July. Yeah. If we decided that Pluto wasn't the planet. Yeah. If these other countries that you're talking about, if they even exist, because I haven't seen them with my own eyes, if they decided that Pluto was a planet, we would win. Yeah. We would be like, no. And people would listen to us. Absolutely. For some reason. Yeah. Americans, you got to love them. That's Otherwise, a very they'll stupid thing to yeah. say, and I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, that wasn't my job. I was a com- some comedian I heard say, I said, got Americans, you got to love them. Otherwise, they'll bomb you. Yeah. And I can't remember yeah. who it was, but it's good. No, it'll, um, we'll make it a planet. Yeah. yeah you want yeah. it to be a planet? We'll make it a planet. Yeah. Well, yeah. Th- there, and the reason why I hesitate with the word socialist then is partly because of the history of it and partly because actually I don't associate with um, a lot of the the popular versions of it yeah but what i'm interested in i i but i and i that's why i like the word you use democracy i hope you don't um identify with the more unpopular versions of it because that might be way worse (laughs) the unpopular versions of social you know well actually you know i'll be honest with you this Uh is another bad thing to say but i quite like (laughs) the dirtbag left you know who the dirtbag left are Uh -uh. and they're being roundly attacked by everybody oh that's fun good for them the only thing i don't like about them is they're a little bit too caustic they're not oh, very yeah. nice. They're a bit nasty to everybody. Yeah. But, um, but Being angry is a, makes things hard to sell. I yeah. Think. It's but like, the, oh, cool. You're angry. I'm going to, I don't want to believe whatever you you're into. I know. And there is a little bit of, a little bit of that. Although it's actually there much there. There's more, um, kind of, uh, what's, what do you call it? If you're not angry, you're just kind of laugh and mock everybody. There's more of a mocking oh, attitude really? with the, with the uh, dirtbag left. Elitism? You know? Elitism. There's a not on the left. There. Yeah. Although the funny thing is the dirtbag <laughs> uh, leftists are all very... The reason why I like them is they're all about uh, working class. That's what they're about. They're yeah. about... They're, they're, their real central interest is in <laughs> um, helping people who are poor. Is this a podcast? Or what no, but there's a number of podcasts that are connected with. Oh, them. so it's a so movement. It's, it's a like movement. So dirt it's bag left. Dirt huh? bag left. So it's it's cool Red name. Scare, Come Town, uh, Chapel House. Do you? I don't listen to any of them, um, as I say, because it's not my style. But uh, in terms of like, um, in terms of some of their positions, I find them interesting. Yeah, I followed Chapo House. Chapel House. Yeah, on Twitter. I didn't never listen to one, but I followed them one time because I, like, I just want to see it in my feed and like kind of get to know what they're about. I didn't understand a single thing that they, t- I unfollowed them eventually because I, like, I, I actually don't get it. Like, right. I don't know what you believe. I don't know why you're making fun of it, people. I don't know what the punchline <laughs> is. I don't know if I'm supposed to laugh or I'm supposed to be angry. You seem bitter. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. That's I, hilarious. That's funny. Yeah. That, that's it really bad. actually, like, I feel like I can get a pretty good read on people and podcasts by just reading their tweets. I, it, everything they said, I guess flew over my head. Like, I don't feel like it would be if somebody explained it to me. I'd probably be like, "Oh, okay, great." Yeah. And then inside baseball, I mean, that's the same thing with everything. It's like, but they, they're very much inside. <laughs> I inside think that's baseball, what it was. It felt like it was so inside baseball that I was just like, I guess I'm just not part of this. I'm not part of the, and at this party right now. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, so it's called the um, salvation in a theological sense. It's called boop in <laughs> political sense and it's called awakening in, in the cure the cure. the cure yeah or beyond eurosis i mean i suppose in philosophy it's called the end of history so it's like the end of history or the end of analysis if you're talking about psychoanalysis or um salvation the new being in yeah. religious terms i remember when i 
when I went beyond neurosis. I remember when I surpassed neurosis. You remember that, right? You when I did that, I did that, right? You would say I did that. You would say I did that, right? I did. I did it. Not right? beyond neurosis. Oh, that's, right. That's right. neurosis turned Sorry. turned up. <laughs> God, I'm just dealing with these corny <laughs> jokes. Uh, okay, so is there any other way to save the world besides convincing people that there's always going to be a lack? And do you honestly think mm. that if people on a grand scale were to, you know, on a societal level were to experience this, whatever, mm. you know, we were to take communities, take societies, and build them in this whatever way, this magical, we won't call it socialism, so we'll call it, um, democracy. I mean, democracy is a great word for it. Radical democracy. Radical democracy. It's, just, it's funny because you can you can define that term in a variety of different ways. That's great. So, yeah. so okay. So um, democracy is great. Radical democracy. What people as a whole want is what happens. Um, seems very complicated to do on a large scale. And so mm-hmm. I can understand why people are very cynical about it. But um, you really think that that would... I guess you might be right. I mean, it's you know what's interesting. It's like why not? We I feel like I mean maybe people have always thought this since the dawn of consciousness, but it seems like we have the ability. This is gonna get me into like maybe territory that I'm just gonna sound real dumb in, but I'm just gonna say it. So because uh, that's what I, what I do. Um, it we have enough resources, right? We have enough mm, technology. Yeah. We yeah. have everything that like theoretically everyone could be fine yeah right yeah like yeah, there's I mean, no capitalism real did reason that. capitalism basically solved the problem of scarcity has pretty much solved the problem which is imp- like i that's why i'm not i'm not anti-capitalist neither was marx right so, you were just told, you're not saying it's just not the end of history but on the in the terms of sort of grand scale like yeah. okay let's say before, pre-capitalism people were like wouldn't it be great if we just had enough for everybody yeah. and then people were like well there's this problem called scarcity they came up with capitalism and that checked the box of scarcity off it just seems like we do have enough to so that yeah. everyone could just be chill um and yet that idea gets really makes people super angry (laughs) and they're like no you don't deserve it you don't you know these people don't you know you have to work for what what do you do with all the other people and what do you do if someone else works harder there's gonna be infighting there's going to be uh chaos and ultimately um the scarcity problem will arise again because people are just gonna take they're gonna steal i mean because they're not good people aren't good i mean People are still going to be selfish creatures, I guess, even in these societies that you're talking about. These like magical. Yeah, you'll still that. That's the thing. That's the shires is, that you're creating. Yeah, this is that. Like, this will not make you a good writer. You'll still be a rubbish, you know, musician. Like the funny thing is, this is not like a fantasy land where everything's great. You'll still get cancer until that's cured or yeah. whatever. So, yeah, you're exactly right. It's all of those issues will still be around. There's the only difference is. Um, distribution there's there's other ways to do distribution I mean here's an example a very simple example is so the, the deadlock by the way there's like there's contingent deadlocks which you can get rid of and then there's necessary deadlocks which are like you know they're they're rocks against which mm-hmm. you smash um, within within ideological systems so for argument's sake you could say that one of the problems we have is actually people even if you had the best boss, even if there was no racism or sexism and everything was good that way, you would still have this weird system where you work f- and you make $100 of value and you get paid $50 for that. And th- so there's this interesting thing that like, technically everybody, we're all getting underpaid. We all create more value than we get. Mm-hmm. But you can have, and there are companies that run this, like everybody who works for the company are stockholders of the company so and then and then they vote in so richard richard will talks about this he says what if what if you had a business that was a little bit like a democracy right that you voted in the ceo like all the workers they vote who's going to be in charge for say four years that person's job and they get paid 10 times more than everybody else right we they've got mm-hmm. more responsibility but then all the money that is generated from the business is then distributed to all the people who are working in the business, two different levels depending on what they're doing. But what you might end up doing is people are more motivated to work because they're working for their own business. They're not alienated from their work. 70% of Americans supposedly are alienated from their work. They hate it. Um, 
and and so you've got you've got a business that just runs a bit more like a democracy okay and and so even if there's like self like it almost i think encourages people to work harder and you'll still have you'll still have monetary difference people will still get paid more or less but it just won't be the ceo gets paid you know 80 times more than yeah the person on the factory floor and then all the the extra money what's called the surplus value the surplus value won't go to some faceless shareholders they will it'll be distributed amongst all the people who work in the company so it's this is a cooperative i think i'm describing basically a cooperative you know what i think they should do they should come up with a uh you should sit down with a very capable video game designer yeah and you should create a part you know ai slash simulation slash whatever video game where you experiment with this idea and you see how the, you create a model and you and you inject it with tendencies of certain people percentage wise you go all right there's probably this many people who suck and those yeah. people are going to take and take and take and there's gonna be this many people that work hard there's gonna be this many deadbeats you go by you take a you combine what you're talking about with census information um across America across different countries mm-hmm. and then you take that to an engineer a video game engineer and you create a video game and you see if it's even possible and then that way we don't bark up the wrong tree yeah. and rob a CEO of you know billions of dollars that he could have had because I don't think that's fair to him yes and that's he, not fair it's no. not fair yeah. he worked <laughs> yeah. for that and yeah. he earned every penny yeah every every penny I think that's a great I've got a couple of friends who are actually game designers and they try they try to create games that are like kind of educate people and do also, you know. Yeah, seeing, create, I mean, it sounds, because what you're describing, when I imagine it, it, I see either, if I'm not imagining the Shire and some literal fantasy, <laughs> uh, it's also like a, a World of Warcraft thing of like, well, you know, you, you it's, or a SimCity type of thing where it's like, oh, this is the profits and you can either choose to, the, the CEO can choose um, to, uh, distribute it or choose to take it and it you you also can have like you could probably program moral decay into um as a result of getting more and more money and becoming more and more callous you could probably make it so it becomes more difficult for your character to make good uh you know decisions for the uh, for the whole um as they become more successful in dungeons and dragons chaotic is that what that comes from chaotic evil neutral evil yeah yeah. Yeah. Yeah, i used to do dungeons and dragons when i was a teenager i didn't know that's what that was yeah Yeah, i just one of those things i hear i came out into the zeitgeist recently oh is that right did it well i feel like it was a meme it became a meme a lot and i was like i didn't i don't know what this is coming from i'm really fat i had no idea it was dungeons and dragons oh yeah um i thought it was some kind of like myers-briggs type thing so i have no clue Um, (laughs) myers-briggs that's that's good it sounds like good, a, a it evil. totally sounds yeah. like a Myers, like yeah. or like a Hogwarts sorting hat type of thing. But anyway, yeah. um, okay, cool, all right. But you should definitely design a video game for okay. this. I yeah. think you could. Yeah, it's called How to Save the World. It's called. I, like you know what? I'm slightly nervous about the, this. Way, this is good. Like this conversation. So I like I, because the word socialism is so such a bad word. So I feel like I need to just I just need to clarify and go. What I'm talking about is simply, dude. Um, you gotta. I think you gotta trust the people listening because you did spend, you did spend forty five minutes, and it was only forty five minutes, but it felt like an hour and a half describing <laughs> how words mean different things. Yeah. So. Oh yes, them, that's true. Yeah. yeah you built up yeah, to yeah, it a little yeah, bit. Yeah. Okay, that's good. You couldn't that's have good. more padding around the idea. I think at this point, I could be like, I'm a murderer. Yeah. And we'd be like, All right, it's fine. And that okay. was how I. That's my confession. Very good. Have you got any takeaways then? Um, yeah, I mean, I love all of it. I'm ve- I do want to play. My my only takeaway is that I would like, I feel like we have science for a reason. We have philosophers for a reason. And, uh, and we have engineers and all these people. Scientists and philosophers should like kiss and make up a little bit. And uh, and start trying to figure out ways to experiment on small scales and or and also you know I mean I don't even know if that's possible but like anthropologists and all, I don't know there needs to be more communication between uh, the these the y- y'all's brain emphasis emphasis <laughs> you know that's the 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 only final thought I would have but in terms of like coming to terms with the death drive and then that being the thing or death or gridlock, whatever, um, or socialism, whatever, you know, yeah. whatever. uh, I don't, I don't know because I, I don't know that in, I don't know on a personal 
level, if suddenly becoming aware of your tendency toward destruction yeah. automatically cures your destruction. It's Absolutely. like, the, that's just the yeah. first step. That's just the first step. Yeah. yeah. Acknowledge your problem in AA. That's it. It's, it's an alcoholic right. thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah it's yeah, like, yeah. yeah. It's saying you have, saying you're an alcoholic is, it, it means that you, you're just beginning. Yes. Uh, but you, I mean, at the same time, that goes to the same end. Like yeah. it's the beginning. So I would, yeah. Yeah. No, I love that. I love that. Like it's, it's just acknowledging it is not enough. You know, there's something deep that we have to do here. There's a, there's a lot of work to be done. A lot of work. Yeah. 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 Um, in terms of my takeaway, yes. just to kind of, kind of sum up what it sounds like there's, there's two types of kind of what's called real two types of things that we can't grasp. There's the real tree that you can't get just, you know, you can't get into the you're always filtering through your brain and through the structure of your mind but there's also then this excremental remainder that's created through language which creates the illusion that there's something if only we could grab it then we then we'd be happy we start to frenetically pursue that causes all sorts of problems what we need to do is try to create communities where we are able to free ourselves from our slavery to that excess that we can never grasp but that causes us heart attacks and stress and anxieties uh, 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 beautiful and if we can do that in communities all around the world then we might be able to reach the next stage of civilization which might be you know uh overcoming biological death it might be traveling uh beyond the earth uh it might be eventually um you know, transitioning out of our bodies, whatever it is, I don't know what it is, but we're not going to get there if we can't come to terms with this, uh, with this, uh, deadlock that's in our existence. Um, beautiful. I love it. Well, Pete, this is very fun. I feel yeah. like we're back in it. feels cool. good. Uh, you feel I good? A, I had a great time. Great. Excremental remain sounds like a Excremental remainders. That's our band. Sounds like poop. That's our band. Yeah. That's yeah. Our, yeah is totally. that our porn name? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.